0: Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church Official Sermon Archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. In the life of the church, tomorrow is a very significant day. In the life of of the, the church as a whole, the church body as a whole, does anyone know what tomorrow is? Oh. Oh, so. Palm Sunday. It is the end of the beginning of the beginning of the end. Right. I've heard it described that way. It's the end of the beginning and the beginning <laughs> of the end. Christ comes into Jerusalem riding on a little donkey. Not some great big war horse. Carrying a, sol- a sword and clad in wonderful accoutrements he comes in with a little donkey a a young donkey by the way a colt that had never been ridden before He was too young and had not been trained to be a beast of burden yet and he sent these disciples to go get this, this donkey that's still standing by its mother and bring it to him so that he could ride the donkey the symbol of servitude, the symbol of humbleness, into Jerusalem so that he could go and die. Paul and Sunday. So I know that a lot of the the church holidays are are not really significant. Sometimes you, you, you hear of some of them But to me, Palm Sunday is so wonderful because of the imagery. And I would just like for you to think about it this week because he knew where he was going and he knew what the end story was. The end of the story was the beginning of eternal life for you and me. And that shall never end. Amen. So Palm Sunday is a very special recognition in my study of my Savior. Okay. About three months ago, I started talking with you about Romans 12. And I've tried to come back to it over these times that I've been standing in front of you for the last few months, and I've kind of gotten to the end of the chapter, trying to work my way through it. And there is so much here And I wasn't sure how to kind of close it out. Now, I said the last time I spoke here, a few weeks ago, that God's still working on me in a lot of ways. I am not yet finished. He has not yet put the inspected by number 73 little slip of paper in my pocket so that whoever buys me can say, oh, well, they went through the line and it's been approved somewhere between the woman that is described in Proverbs 31, way over there, and say, y'all, we're in South Carolina, Susan Smith. Everybody know who I'm talking about? Over there. Everybody know the Proverbs 31 woman? Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Somewhere I'm in that middle ground somewhere. I keep trying to To do this, I keep trying to get closer to that Proverbs 31 woman or the the Romans 12 Christian. I don't seem to make it very successfully sometimes. Too many obstacles in the way. Too many things trying to keep me from being what he wants me to be. I've kind of brought it down to two things that I've found in Scripture. We can be one of two types of Christians. We can be conformers, we can be shaped from the outside and conform to what others think we should be. Or we can be transformers. Optimus Prime, for those of you who had children, the Transformers, he was the ultimate Optimus Prime, the most wonderful. Robot. I'm not exactly sure what they were, but they turned into really cool-looking cars. (laughs) There was one that was a little yellow Volkswagen Beetle. His name was Bumblebee, I think. Anyway. But we can be transformed from within. And that's a command, by the way. Be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your... What is the next word in that verse? Does anybody remember it? Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your your mind. Notice he doesn't say your heart. Because he's already done that work. He's already put a new heart in me. But I've still got the same old brain. With all of the stuff that started back when I was born. Do you know that unless you have a brain injury or you have a brain disease that you cannot forget anything, it's stored in there. It's in a brain cell. Now, can you get to it easily? No, I don't remember what I did when I was two years old. But that information is still stored in my brain. And unless you have brain surgery and they remove part of your brain or you have a brain injury or uh, now, I'm, I'm very experienced with Alzheimer's because my mother was an Alzheimer's victim. Unless the brain starts to die, all of your memories, all your experiences have been stored on little data chips in your brain. And that's who makes you who you are, It's your past experiences and what your brain does and how your brain functions. So I'm fighting that obstacle every day of my life. I'm fighting who I used to be because it's still there. And he tells me I have to transform the way I think, the way I react, the way I, and here's a really dicey word for me, feel. Because I'm to be transformed into his image. An obstacle is something that obstructs your progress, keeps you from going forward, blocks you to prevent or retard your progress, something that will slow you down, to delay you, to prevent you from doing something, or to make you, and this is a really interesting use of the word, obstacle, to make you ineffective, and Satan loves nothing more than ineffective Christians. If he can't have you, but, he can, but if he can help stop you from being effective and getting the word out and being a light in this darkness and telling others about Christ and leading, helping to lead others to Christ, well, he'll settle for that. Because he wants to make us ineffective. He doesn't want us following closely. And transforming our minds and transforming our actions. Because those only lead to what? The glorification of the Father. Mm -hmm. Which is, by the way, why we're here. Amen. We are not here for ourselves, and if you've ever thought that, join the club. I'm the president this year, by the way, of It's All About Me and i'll teach you this if you if you don't yet know the sacred handshake i'll teach it to you because it's all about me how many times in your life have you had to go to the lord and say i am so sorry it's not about me it's about you it's supposed to be about you and i made some bad choices i became overwhelmed by my situation I looked at the obstacle and I did not look at you. My favorite story about obstacles in the scripture, Peter. I'm going to love Peter. I'm going to give Peter a big old hug when I finally get to meet him. He wanted to go to Jesus, so he jumps out of the boat. He's looking at Jesus. There he is, and I'm running across. He's running right across the water. Notice I said I'm running across the water. Because I do that sometimes. I got my eyes on him and I'm trusting him. And then there was a big clap of lightning over here to the right. And he heard some thunder over here. And he let his eyes drop down to the water. And he got his eyes off of where he was supposed to be looking. And he began to sink. Because he wasn't looking where he was supposed to be looking. He wasn't focused on what he was supposed to be focusing on. Which was getting to Christ. And he began to sink into the waters of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus put his hand out. Yo, Peter. Glove glove? I'm gonna start calling you glove glove from now on, Pete. Take my hand. Here it is. Come on. Up Peter, eyes up here. You ever done that to a child? We want their attention, eyes up here. And he took him and he lifted him. Now, here's what I want to know, because scripture doesn't tell us what happened next. Scripture doesn't tell us. Did they get back in the boat? Or did they walk hand in hand to the shore? I want to know the end of the story. And I'm going to ask him. Dripping wet, scared to death because he was about to drown. And he takes Sam. And I, I don't know this for a fact, but this is what feeds my soul. Is they walk hand in hand to the shore. With him grasping on to Jesus as tight as he could. That's what feeds my soul. And that's what I want to be when I start to sing. Now the difference in being a conformer and being a transformer are the choices that we make and the perspective that we have. How can you thrive in a world like we live in? How do you thrive as a Christian in this world? How do we do it? Well, let's see what James said. He giveth more grace. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Got to ask for it, and it's not all about you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee for you. Flee from you, excuse me. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Easy instructions. Hard to do. Hard to do. Draw nigh to God; He will draw nigh to you. Actually, God can't draw any nigher to you than He is right now, because He's He's in this room. If there's an empty spot right next to you, he's sitting there already. You cannot escape, God. He, no matter where I go, the psalmist said, to the depths of the earth. If I ascend to the highest mountain, you're already there. But what do we have to do? We have to fix our eyes. We have to fix our eyes and realize He's there. We have to make a choice to see him. As an educator, and and, uh, a lot of you here have been in the healthcare professions, the big bugaboo word, the word that you sometimes hated to hear was the word accountability. Accountability. You are accountable for your own actions. And if you had students in your class that failed, the principal held you accountable. For right or wrong, it's my responsibility as that teacher to make sure all of my students were successful. I was held accountable for failures as well as successes. We are accountable for our own actions. And if you choose to take your eyes off of Jesus, we'll suck it up, buttercup, and say, I did wrong. Because so many times we want to say, when well, we have obstacles. And I'm talking about me. Well, where was God in all this? He was right there. But we took our eyes off of We looked at the obstacle. One of my dear, 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 new sweet sisters that I've met just in the last couple of years is going through a terrible time right now. She has breast cancer in both breasts. She's undergoing chemotherapy, then radiation, then surgery. Right now, she's in the midst of the chemo and she is sick, 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 sick. She still comes to work when she can. And if anybody has a right to be bitter, And if anybody has a right to focus on herself and her situation, she has that right. But I came in yesterday and she was sitting behind the desk and I wasn't expecting to see her. I was so glad because she's just such a sweet person. She always lifts me up. And I said, Well, I wasn't expecting you to be here today. She said, Yeah, nobody was. But I chose to come because I'm not dead yet. She humbled me down to my knees. Just about, that, that statement just about knocked me down. In the face of everything, she is focusing and choosing to be of a ministry to other people. And she said, God's not done with me, Rebecca. I said, I know he's not, Sheila. Because you just gave me an example for my sermon tomorrow. She's not looking at the obstacle. Her eyes are fixed on her father. And the fact that he is still giving her an opportunity to be of service to him in the face what will destroy many, 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 many women. And I'm not faulting them. This, this is not to fault those who hurt and who cannot cope and who have difficulty. But what it says to me is, her perspective, her eyes, Her heart is in the right place. She's focusing on what she needs to focus on in order to thrive and to be transformed into the image of Christ. For me, even just for one little second. In one little comment, I glimpsed eternity through that comment. As a church, we get so... tied up in comments and expressions and we get hurt because someone slighted us or something happened we didn't agree with do you know what that's a fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy if you don't believe me in Matthew chapter 24 he says in the last days many will be offended and betray one another. You ever heard the old expression, Christians eat their wounded? And they shall hate one another. He's talking about believers. He's talking about the church. Your perspective is a difficult thing to change. We must learn how. Keep our eyes focused on Christ. I wish I could tell you how it how it works, what the magic handshake is, or or what the key is to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. When I find out, I'll let you know. Because I'm, I can do it sometimes. More so than I used to. But I fail. I say, I'm not the Proverbs 31 woman yet. I'm certainly not Susan Smith or Eileen Warnos or Tokyo Rose or, you know, any of those notorious women that we see. But I'm stumbling along here in the middle somewhere, doing the best I can through his grace and his love to keep my feet on the right path and I see obstacles. I see lots of obstacles. And I ask him, is this an obstacle or an opportunity, Lord? Because sometimes they're disguised. Sometimes opportunities are disguised as obstacles. Galatians says, Do not be weary in your well-doing. Don't give up. Don't get tired. Your body will get tired. Don't let your heart get tired. For in due season, I'm waiting for my due season, I shall be rewarded. I have a little... I have a little thing that I put on top of my piano. I put I go to Dollar Tree every couple of weeks and get some <coughs> inexpensive wrapped up candy and put in it. And it looks like a little penguin. And so the kids can reach in and get penguin brains. So I put some new I put some quote Easter candy in it, you know, little pastel colors and that kind of thing this past week. And one of my little ones. Said, can I have some penguin brains today? I said, well, did you have a good lesson? Okay, now put a pen in that, you know exactly where I left you. Out of the mouths of babes. Mr. Rebecca, you know you're gonna let me have some candy, even if I had a bad lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Am I that obvious? (laughs) And I looked at her. Her name's Maya. It's about this big. Because you love me. And I burst into tears. (laughs) Yes, Maya, you can have some penguin brains. And yes, I do love you. It wasn't a really good lesson today, but you had some things that were really nice. So, yes, you may have one piece and make sure that you ask your mom if you can eat it now. Can you imagine what due season is going to be for the Christian where we reach into eternity and he says, well done my good, my faithful servant enter into the joy of your reward and I guarantee you it's not just one little piece of candy that you have to ask your parents if you can eat everything he has will be ours and I'm not talking about stuff ladies and gentlemen sisters, brothers here all of his love all of his grace all of his mercy, all of his goodness, all of his strength, all of his compassion. I'm not going to share it with you. It's all going to be mine. But there's enough to go around for you too. Because it's infinite. And in due season, in due season, if we have been good and faithful. Notice it doesn't say perfect. When he says, well done, it doesn't say perfect. It says, my good, my faithful servant. Enter into the joy. that joy and that hope is inside you this morning. And this week when you see an obstacle, make sure you're looking at the right thing. Make sure that you're looking at the right thing with the right mindset. Because sometimes his his obstacles are put there to scare us. But my father is bigger than any scare this world can come up with. Our closing hymn is my shepherd shall supply my need. Jehovah is his name.